Welcome, everybody, to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm your host, Ted Flint. Well, are you sufficiently scared of this new Omicron variant of the COVID virus? The media is uh, trying to play this up for all it's worth. They're trying to get everybody scared and nervous about it, and they're succeeding. Frankly, my wife's concerned. I mean, I'm I, I'm not going to discount COVID. I've, as I've said a million times before, I'm not a denier. I guess uh, Dan Bongino had it. Real bad. Had a I don't know what variant. Maybe he had the, uh, the latest variant, whatever it is. I can't even think of it. But I guess his fever. He had a temperature of one hundred and three and a half. So uh, he says it's no joke. This guy spent time overseas. He was in the military. He is a secret service agent. Was so Bongino said he got crushed. Of course, he has cancer, so his immune system has been compromised. He had cancer. I guess it's in remission. But health officials are warning against jumping to conclusions, but the media loves to get us all hyped up about this. Dr. Francis Collins, I'll quote here from the uh, piece by Jack Phillips in Epic Times. Dr. Collins, director of the National Institutes of Health in this country, said there is no data yet that suggests this Omicron virus, the, it's the Chinese Communist Party virus, basically, is uh, any more serious or causes more serious illness than, than previous variants. But he says, I do think that Omicron is more contagious when you look how, how rapidly it has spread through multiple districts in South Africa. So anyway, Dr. Um, Collins was on CNN's State of the Union over the weekend, and the U.S. has imposed a travel ban on eight Southern African nations, while the European Union, Israel, and the U.K. and many other countries have done the same due to the spread of this variant, which was discovered in South Africa and Botswana. A top doctor with the South African Medical Association who helped alert authorities to the new CCP virus variant told media outlets, Omicron has unusual but mild symptoms. There you go. This I've heard this from multiple sources. The symptoms are mild, yet it's easily spread so far. I mean, we don't know that much about it. I say we health officials in this country and in the world, frankly, are still trying to figure out this this new variant. They know very little about it. Uh, according to uh, Dr. Angelique Kutsia, she told The Telegraph, their symptoms in South Africa were so different and so mild from those she has treated before. It, pre it presents mild disease with symptoms being sore muscles and tiredness for a day or two and just not feeling well. But again, people in this country are jumping to conclusions. Meanwhile, uh, an official with the World Health Organization Sunday criticized the worldwide travel bans, naturally, on Southern African countries over this Omicron. He would rather see each country implement international health regulations to avoid using travel restrictions. But there's no such thing as international travel restrictions. To my knowledge, each country has their own mandates and restrictions. That's the issue. Earlier this weekend, I don't know if you read this, the WHO received questions about why it skipped over naming the new variant ZXI after the Greek alphabet letter, instead opting to name it Omicron. Critics have speculated the UN Health Agency, which has been accused uh, correctly, accurately, I would say, of colluding with the Chinese communists, accused them of trying to placate the CCP and its leader. And I agree, that's what's going on here. You can't trust anything the World Health Organization puts out there because they're dishonest, frankly. Speaking of dishonest, the media in this country is, I mean, has an agenda like I've never seen anything so blatantly leftist. The bias, the leftist bias, there's so much has been written and said about it. There's nothing really new I can add to it. Only a couple of recent examples. First thing I 
that popped into my head when, when this hit, the Omicron, the new variant, is how the media immediately jumped on board and uh, agreed with Joe Biden's decision to, to ban travel from those eight Southern African nations. I'm thinking, can you imagine if Trump were still in the Oval Office? They would accuse him of being, you know, xenophobic and, and, uh, and racist. And they did do that when he was president. I've written a column on this under the PAC perspective on the BMG network. It's unbelievable what goes on in this country. Biden is putting a halt to non-citizens and quote-unquote residents traveling from South Africa to this country due to the fears of, of the new COVID strain. That's, you know, that's reasonable. It's sensible. But our laptop media is jumping all over itself to show its approval of, of Biden's actions. I'll give you the, here's the lead-in Friday. I was watching CBS, the CBS Morning News. Jeff Glor was uh, anchoring, and he, this is his direct quote. President Biden wasted no time barring air travel from eight African countries as the U.S. assesses the new coronavirus strain that was identified in South Africa. Now, that's all well and good. But how quickly these, are, these overlords of ours in the, in the fourth estate are changing their tune now that the current occupant of the Oval Office has a D in front of his name and not an R. When Trump tried to staunch the, the tide of illegals entering this country from several predominantly Muslim countries, he was denounced as a racist and a xenophobe, as, as I pointed out. And Peter Ducey, or du it's Ducey, I guess, uh, from Fox News recently pointed out this very fact to Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary. Candidate Biden once called COVID travel restrictions on foreign countries uh, hysterical xenophobia or xenophobia and fear-mongering. And that was what, what Ducey said to uh, Saki. And she, her comment was something like, she mumbled something about context. And, you know, why the shift in the media's, uh, why the shift in, in Biden's policy? I mean, as a candidate, he was saying that that's, it's xenophobic to do that, to put travel restrictions on countries. Well, obviously, the, the media would agree with Biden that it's an issue of public health and public safety. And we know very little about this latest strain. But what about this? What would you call a huge influx of migrants, many of them young men and most from nations hostile to the U.S.? If, if that's not a threat to public safety, I don't know what is. Any one of these, these people could have smuggled in a, a suitcase nuke or anthrax or any other lethal toxin. But the reason the legacy media has so quickly lined up behind Biden is they, they're on board with his agenda as it pertains to the pandemic. You know, the vaccine mandates, the masking, all of it. They weren't on board with former President Trump's efforts to secure the southern border. That was obvious. I mean, the media's hypocrisy is stunning. It's breathtaking, even nowadays. And then you have the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, case, 18-year-old Wisconsin resident, cleared of all charges, of the deaths of uh, the two men he shot and the wounding of a third during a riot that was instigated and incited by BLM and Antifa in Kenosha back August 25th of 2020. Many of the usual suspects on MSNBC and CNN, you can go to YouTube and see these people. They've asked why young Rittenhouse, then 17, was allowed to carry an AR-15 on the streets amid all the chaos. Well, he had that right in Wisconsin, I guess, according to state law, underaged people can carry firearms. Yeah, over the weekend, you had these communist revolutionaries openly brandishing the same kind of rifle. It was it looked to me to be an AR-15, one black man 
brandishing the same kind of rifle with which Rittenhouse defended his life in the lives of others. But again, most of the mainstream media, not nary a word from them on, the, on these communists carrying the, all these rifles in the streets of Kenosha, wherever they were, you know, I think it was Kenosha, somewhere in Wisconsin, nothing. Because the media is hostile. This is my opinion. The media is hostile to the idea that the Second Amendment applies to the individual, not the collective. It's an individual right to, to own and carry a firearm. I mean, these are just two examples of the, of the hypocrisy. There's a double standard when the media covers uh, our elected leaders. If one of them is a Democrat and the other is a Republican or a conservative, for, they're not going to get a fair shake. Uh, speaking of Biden and the, uh, this whole uh, new variant of the pandemic, he was seen over the weekend not wearing a mask. Did you hear about this? He was shopping in a store in, I think, Nantucket, naturally. According to a Fox News report published over the weekend, Biden is shopping at Murray's Toggery Shop on Nantucket Island with a mask draped below his chin. I see that all the time. Usually Trump, Trump supporters wear theirs below their, their chins. I know because I do it myself. But the, the, uh, the store said there were signs all over the place. You, you know, patrons have got to wear a mask. Here's the president not seen not wearing one in the same frame of a posted store sign requiring them. Why does he get, a, get to get away with it? Everybody else has to wear a mask, but not the president. The rules pertain to thee, but not to me. So he left at about quarter to five, according to this report. He was still seen not wearing a mask and drinking what reports are saying was a milkshake. Now, that's fine. You know, I guess he likes milkshakes, but they're tough to drink through, through masks. The whole idea of masks are ridiculous anyway. I'm not saying they're, they're totally without benefit. I mean, I, I've read a couple of reports recently. One report uh, was in Bangladesh, and they said that the efficacy rate of masks anywhere from 15 to 20%. Now, that's not zero, but it's not 90 or 100 either. The, these left-wingers think you put on a mask and you're totally safe. Wear two and you're that much safer. It, they really don't provide that much protection. The N95s do. But the others, the surgical masks and some of the other ones, they, they don't provide that much protection. Anyway, uh, we mentioned Dr. Fauci. Did I mention Fauci or not? I know uh, he and Rand Paul go round and round all the time. And Rand Paul is, uh, I don't think he's doing it for political, to make political points. I think Rand Paul really, at being a medical man himself, he is an ophthalmologist or was, had a practice. He's a man of sci uh, science and medicine. And he's after Fauci. He's caught him uh, lying on this gain-of-function research. The NIH has funded gain-of-function research in these labs in, in Wuhan. So there's a group, I'm reading from a report here by Matt McGregor, I think this is from the Epic Times, a group investigating taxpayer-funded experiments on animals has discovered a document exposing the NIH, uh, the you know, National Institute of, of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, or NIAD, they funded excruciating experiments on these rhesus monkeys. The monkeys, which are owned by NIAD, are, are acquired from Morgan Island off the coast of Buford, South Carolina. I, I've heard about this. I've heard about the experiments on, on monkeys, read about it, been told about it. But I'm reading on, about this here today in the Epic Times. Justin Goodman is vice president of advocacy and public policy for the White Coat Waste Project. He told the Times that the nonprofit taxpayer watchdog group obtained the document in October through a FOIA request, revealing that the uh, National Institutes of Health 
spent $13.5 million of our money on uh, funding these experiments that involve injecting monkeys with various infectious diseases, such as Ebola and Lassa virus that resulted in hemorrhaging, pain, brain damage, loss of motor control, and organ failure. Now, I'm not you know, going to go to the mat over rhesus monkeys. I'm not saying you should abuse any animal. But where are the, the animal rights freaks? People that care so deeply about dogs and cats and, and monkeys and whales and you name it. They care more about animals than they do people or about unborn babies. Now, Fauci is the director of the National Institutes of Health, which is itself a part of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. But in a lot of these experiments, according to this report by Matt McGregor and many of these experiments, Fauci and his staff intentionally withheld pain relief. And these experiments, according to this report, are excruciatingly painful. So that's, uh, if, you, if you're interested, it's uh, Matt McGregor on the, uh, on the Epic Times. But I guess they, in one case here, involved force-feeding 44 beagle puppies, an experimental drug, before killing and dissecting the puppies. Again, not a, not a peep from the uh, animal rights people. I'm running out of time here already. I just, uh, I, there's one other story I want to get to. There's a CNN analyst. I did not see it, but I'm reading it here in this report by Mike Miller. Said he had no idea what's behind the smash and grab robberies. Then he gives up the answer. Now, there, there's been a rash of these, uh, I don't know what you'd call them, flash mob robberies, smash and grabs, I guess. And they're rampant in, in Democratic-run cities, all these big cities where the Democrats, the Democrats run most cities anyway, but especially the big ones. And these kids come in, many of them uh, minorities come in and just smash the place up, take what they want and leave. And, and they do it with impunity. Nobody, you know, no, no cops beat them over the head with a billy club like I'd, I'd like to see happen. But in some cases, I'll give you this report here from, uh, from Mike Miller. He quotes Charles Ramsey. I guess he's some CNN analyst, former police commissioner and law enforcement analyst. He claims to have no idea what's driving this. He, I don't know what's driving it, he said. The punishment for this kind of crime is very, very minimal. Well, maybe that's got something to do with it. There are some DAs who have flat out said they no longer are going to prosecute shoplifting. That's what Ramsey said. Do you think that might have something to do with the problem? These criminals are not brain surgeons, but they're not stupid either. They know if there's no punishment or if the punishment is minimal, and the laws against them are, are non-existent, then they're going to take part in these things. And there's the report goes on here. I'm not going to read it all. I'm out of time, but you can check it out. This smash and grab, if I were a mayor of a city, a big city, and they were doing that, I would order the police to shoot and shoot to kill if you need to do that. Whatever you got to do, you need to stop these types of, of crimes. Destruction of private property. It's, it's, that's why I'm not a mayor, because it's obviously that'd be too extreme. Anyway, uh, if you want to listen to this podcast and all the others we have for you on the BMG Network, go to the bmgnetwork.com, the Burns Media Group.com, and there you'll find this show, The Pac-Man. You have Ken Burns and his fine show, and Adrian Ross does a program too, and we have the uh, columns up there for you. A new column today, as a matter of fact, or this week. And it's called, uh, I, th I forget what I named it, but it's, it, it, it talks about the media's 
uh, double standard and hypocrisy when covering the uh, the two major parties. So that's up there. You can listen to us on any of your uh, favorite uh, podcast platforms. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, Apple iTunes and, of course, the BMG Network. If you want to contact me directly, it's Pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, all lowercase, at thebmgnetwork.com. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. Thank you.